You really don't want to do it, but you know you have to do it, and you do it. And that is? Pruning. Pruning. You thought it was going to be something else, didn't you? <laughs> no. It's hard because you got this beautiful tree, right? And it's all ready to go. Just thinking about budding out, you go in and you cut half the half the limbs off <laughs> every year. <laughs> and why do you do that? To make it stronger and more productive. We've been doing some things on planting fruit trees, food trees in general. And I think part of the reason people don't do it is they don't know about how much care they take and when they can expect to get stuff out of them. And really, the skills of doing that are not very uh, well spread in our society at the moment. Right. But it's such a great food source. It is. It's such. It's something that virtually everybody who doesn't live in an apartment could do. Depending on your neighbors, that might. Yeah, make depending you on laugh. your neighbors, that might, uh, <laughs> might or might not be a thing. We actually so. already did a podcast on the planting of the trees. Right, but this is more about care. the care of the trees. And also, we're going to branch out into more than just trees. We're going to talk about plants too, because I got my I got my planting my planters. I'm going to plant this year. I'm going to go into, I've never done seeding before, seeds to plants, and I figure we better learn how to do it. Now, I'm going to give a caveat. I'm using, I'm using a kit, because the first time I'm doing this, I just want to see how it works. And I've never done anything like this before. So I'm just going to use a kit and follow the directions, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I've got some seeds. So I, got, I bought four packages of fresh seeds. Uh, a couple with a couple tomatoes and peppers. Peppers, yeah, some hot peppers and some sweet peppers. Sweet peppers, and so yeah, we'll give those a try. And I know it's going to be hard because I know part of it is going to be I have to kill my plants, and that's going to be hard because you plant several seeds and then you pinch off the ones that are the weakest, and it's hard. It's just like pruning. I mean, this is my plant. I grew this. This is my yeah. plant. It could be food for me. And now i got to go kill it. <laughs> I mean, pruning trees is hard for me to do because I like the tree and I don't want to cut off chunks of it. It's not hard because it's physically hard to do. It just... Well, if as long as you got a dwarf tree, it's not physically hard. If you got a full-sized big tree, it can be kind of hard to do. But you got loppers and you're not, you're not taking off huge branches anyway. And it becomes less important as the tree gets bigger. Right, because you want that great tree to have symmetrical growth. You want it to not put branches all on one side. Some trees like to do that. You know, when you when when you prune, it's going to bring back branches where it sees the opportunity. And when the tree's small, there's lots of opportunity. When the tree gets bigger, those those bigger uh, areas shade the tree, and it really cuts down on that. So if you've got the tree planted, what are you going to have to do to keep it in good shape? I am not a master orchardist, but I've been doing this for oh, about five years now. And I've gotten starting to get some nice crops of apples and nice crops of peaches. Those are the first things I put in. So since I'm actually getting food off my trees, I've gotten to the point where I, I feel okay about telling people something about how to do it. Well, and well, I learned... I went out to the people who sold me the trees, and they've got a lovely pruning guide there. Stark Brothers Nursery has a lovely pruning guide on their website. So basic idea is, you got this tree planted, what are you going to have to do to keep take care of it? You're going to have to make sure it gets enough water. And one of the things we do to help those out is we just run 
some of those little black corrugated pipes that you stick on the down pipes for your drains for your roof, and you just run them over to the where the tree is. So a lot of what comes off your roof goes down onto the tree, and the tree gets a heck of a lot more water than anything else in your yard, and that is done very well. We also do that to water barrels, and so we can water the garden through a drip irrigation system, which we'll be spending a lot more time on when it comes into when it's set back up again. Because right in the winter, we take it down and and put it away, so it doesn't freeze up the valves in the tanks. Yeah. And so, uh, basically, all of our downspouts now are either feeding into plant beds, feeding into trees, or feeding into the drip irrigation system barrels. Now, I which know we could also use for an emergency water supply. By the way, there are some um, less free parts of America where people get on your case for storing water. If you capture your own water coming off your roof, they they can like write you a ticket, arrest you, and stuff like that, which is. Kind of ridiculous if you think about it, because you're just collecting the water that falls on your land. But it's it's the law. Laws don't have to make sense. Laws don't have. But there, even even in those situations, you still can channel the water towards your trees because you're not actually collecting it. So make sure they get enough water. Not hard. I almost never carry water. Have carried water to my trees even in their first year. I think once during a, the longest drought of the summer, I I brought them a bucket of water each, and that's been the extent of it. So not much labor there, just getting a few pipes pretty much covered that. Every spring I uh, get a big pickup bed load full of composted manure and throw it on the garden, and I give each tree a, a layer of that as well. If you don't have pickup trucks of composted manure around, you can just go to any place that sells gardening supplies and pick up a bag of composted manure and give each tree about half a bag of that. It's not expensive. Yeah. It's really cheap if you pick it up in the fall and let it sit overnight. They usually have two-for-one sales in the fall to get rid of the Yeah, sometimes they're even four-for-one sales. And guys, it's rotted compost. What's it going to do? Where's it going to go? Yeah, they need to move it out, but you can just... I think just leave it in the plastic bags and set it in your set it in your shed, set it behind your house, whatever, you know, someplace that's kinda out of sight, under the porch, whatever you got. Yep. And side the compost go. bin worked for me. All you're, right. You're so absolutely good to go. Those? And then once a year I gotta prune. Which I don't like to do because I don't like cutting off parts of my perfectly good, healthy, beautiful trees that gave me lots of fruit last year. But, but you prune to reduce the number of branches. So the ones that are remaining will, they'll put more wood into the ones that are left so they're stronger. You'll eliminate the ones that are working at cross purposes to each other. Yeah, sometimes they grow just, just grow across each other, and that's just not good. You make it so you get good airflow through the tree, so you don't get fungal diseases and stuff like that on the inside of the tree. And you do that before the trees wake up in the spring, which is why we're talking about it now. Because where we are, it's end of February just about the right time to be doing this because the trees are going to start waking up in another eh, two, three weeks. So, pruning. The other thing I'm doing in my early spring gardening is getting the beds ready, making sure I've got the right kind of ground to put the stuff in. Now, I was thinking about this and thinking, 
when we first started this prepping thing, one of the things Salty bought early was a uh, box of seeds that we put in the big chest freezer. Yeah, it's, just, it's a heirloom seeds. It's a big box. You put them in the freezer, and they last basically forever. Yeah, because they're sealed up, and they're frozen, and they'll remain alive and viable for a very long time that way. Like ever. And if the uh, power goes out and they thaw out, that puts them on a shorter time clock, but they've still got months and months before they, they're going to Next go planting season, they'll be fine. Yeah. And they're heirloom seeds, which means they will grow seeds that are will make more plants just like them. Yeah. The babies will look a lot like the parents, which is not true of hybrid seeds. So you can save seeds from year to year. So I was thinking about that box of seeds we've got and how it's been sitting in the bottom of the freezer, and we're going to leave it there. Uh, and I was thinking, if that's all I had, and I was expected to make food out of that, and I had the standard suburban yard I started with when we started this project, not a suburb, it's an in-town lot, but same same deal. If I had just yard with grass and some landscaping stuff, big box of seeds, and maybe a shovel, I would get very little out of that garden. I would probably get enough to be able to save some seed for the next year, but I wouldn't have gotten a heck of a lot of food out of it, and I would have lost some species because my ground wasn't ready, and I didn't have the skills to use what I had. You might, you know, you pull out that box and it's got tomato seeds in it. You go outside in Missouri and stick tomato seeds in the ground, and your chances of getting a decent tomato plant out of it are vanishingly small. You really kind of got to start tomato seeds indoors to have a good shot. Tomatoes are a tropical plant. Yeah, they're they're meant to be a tropical plant. not a cold weather plant. They do fine in Missouri as long as it's not cold. If they're in cold ground, the seeds just die. They don't germinate. Right. You have to keep the seeds warm for them to germinate and grow, which is one of the things where we have a spot in our house that I've got picked out for my little... Uh, experiment. South-facing window. South-facing window in a, in a back room that we basically we have our washing machine in. That's about you know yeah. all that's in that room. Our washing machine, we use it for some storage. But, in fact, we've got some some water barrels, or at least one, we one, one, water, one barrels water barrel in there, one of our 55-gallon water barrels. We try to spread them out throughout the house. For we load, have, to distribute the load. Yeah, to distribute the load, because they're We've heavy. got a nice load-bearing element in the basement right under that. Right, yeah. It's this Actually, where this sits, it sits right on the, basically on the foundation. So it keeps the, you think about these things, that's a lot of weight. So, anyway, we've got this water barrel there, and it's got a, we keep uh, it covered black, so we don't have to change the water as often? But, you know, the sunlight comes in and it warms this water up. So it's already pretty warm and it's a pretty good heat sink. Which so means it I'm keeps it try warm placing, throughout the night. Hmm? Keeps it warm throughout the night. Right. I'm going to try placing the plants on this. Now, I don't think we're going to have an issue where I have to put a heater underneath it. But this is one of the things we're going to find out. I've actually used this spot before when he wasn't paying much attention to my gardening. So I have a pretty good idea how things are going to turn out, but both of us need to know how to do this. So right, this is his project. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to be planting my little seedlings here in the next little bit, maybe even today. I don't know. We'll see. So if I, I went out with a, a spade, dug up some of the yard grass, and tried to plant those tomato seeds, I'd get nothing, probably. 
Same for the peppers. Same for a lot of other plants. Um, some things can be safely sown directly outdoors if you've got the soil prepared, but some things can't. So having the ability to start them indoors and knowing how to do it, useful skill. Also, prepping the soil. Some places in the country, you get rid of the grass, you plant something, it's going to grow just fine. Other places, it's not. Too sandy, too clay, whatever the drama is, wrong pH. Yeah, it's going to be especially interesting for for people who are, like, really into lawn care. Because a lot of that stuff you put on your lawn is just not the right stuff for growing. A lot of those things are meant to kill broad-leaved plants, like, yeah, say, tomatoes and peppers and beans. So, yeah, you might have a, you know, this is a, this might be an issue. So... Basically, what now's we're, the time to think about it. What we're thinking that everybody maybe want to think about doing. If you if you're one of these persons who has a seed package that you've had for several years, and if you've had one of those, and like say you had it in your freezer five or ten years, maybe it's time to buy another one and take the one you have and start planting some of the ones you have. Figure out how to do it. If you've never gardened before, there's no real point in putting seeds away, except for to give to somebody who gardens. <laughs> you know, because if you've never gardened before and you don't know anything about gardening, you either need to learn how to do it, or there's no point in keeping them. Now, a caveat is, I mean, I said you might want to pull out your storage seeds. Actually, realistically, just find out what your storage seeds are and just buy packages of similar seeds. And Way learn cheaper. how to use them. So if you're using fresh seeds. It'll give you the best chance to to get them started because success is good. And things like tomatoes and stuff, you don't need to have a garden to grow them in. You can grow them in planters. They take more water. You're going to have to water the, the dickens out of them. But you can do it. We've tried those air planters. We've tried those hanging planters. We've had no success at all with them. It gets way too hot in where yeah, we live. Yeah, they cook. They cook. Roots cook. The roots just, yeah, it's a, none of that stuff has any success here. That was a fisherman's lure. Yeah, we it tried really it. It was popular for a couple of years, and it looked really good, so we tried one. And, and then it went away. No. And we actually still have the base of one of them that we use as a doorstop. Plus, that's about the... Because it holds sand. Yeah, because it holds sand, and we have sand in it. So, Oh, if you're looking for sand to use around the house, now is a good time to go to the big box stores because they're selling off their sand tubes for virtually nothing because the sand tubes are used to weight down trucks in the the back of trucks in the winter, and you can get easily transportable tubes of sand for next to nothing. So now is the time I to be doing that. Use tube sand out at the place, which has very much clay soil, and when I'm uh, planting trees and stuff out there, I've pulled a bunch of clay out of the hole. And I don't want to put that straight clay back in because none of the fruit trees and nut trees are going to like that. So I, well, I I put in a layer of soil that came out of the hole, and I put in some sand on top of that, and then I dump in some compost, and then I dump in some uh, litter. Like Sometimes I've got dried leaf clippings. Sometimes I've got uh, shredded paper. And I just make a lasagna pile of that stuff around the roots, layer after layer after layer. To lighten up the soil. And that was a wild guess when I first planted out the place. This is about four years ago now. But some of the trees I planted first are doing well, 
despite the fact that two weeks after they went in, the deer came by and ate them all to sticks. Most of them survived and bounced back. So they wouldn't have done that if they didn't like the soil at least a little bit because they got treated pretty hard that first year. Yeah, and now we have unfortunately had to build fencing around everything we own out there. Yeah, that's how I learned to fence. <laughs> they ate all my trees to six, and then I learned how to fence that summer. Now, I don't remember if it was a far side or it was, it was a cartoon. It's been many years ago. It's a very funny cartoon. You still see it's uh, taped up in scientist's office. You got a guy at a blackboard. He's got all kinds of really obscure math on one side of the blackboard. He's got all kinds of really obscure math on the other side of the back blackboard. And then right in the middle, there's this big blank space where he can't make the calculations work together. And it just writes in, and then a miracle occurs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So what brings this to mind is you've got seeds, okay? You've got these in your storage, right? And you've got ground. And you've got a shovel, right? And then a miracle occurs. No, you really actually do need to know how to stick them in the ground and make them grow or help them grow. You don't make them grow. You help them grow. You need to learn when your seasons are. You need to learn what zone you're in. Even if you don't plan Climate to actively zone. garden, you need to know this. When do you put in your first seeds? What do you look for? What ground temperature do you need it to be? Um, every every zone has a first, you know, a last. What is your last frost freeze date? Frost date. Generally. Because this gives you an idea. Yeah, I mean, tomatoes can't go in until after the frost is done, or they'll die. They can't be frosted. Now, you can cover them and keep the frost off of them, but, you know, that's a pain. Your first garden is also a great way to discover what local predators you have in your area that like garden plants. Yes. You'll find that out in a big hurry. Let me help you. And you'll you. find out how to keep them away. Let me help you. The number one thing you'll probably need to worry about, hops. It has big floppy ears and it hops. <laughs> Bunnies may look cute in your yard if you don't garden. Bunnies gotta die if you do. They look like banicula if you're a gardener. Yeah. Gotta tell ya. you. Yeah, gotta get rid of the bunnies. We hate bunnies. It's an old cartoon character, banicula, that used to take carrots and suck the juice out of them and make them white like parsnips. <laughs> <laughs> banicula. So, yeah. If you don't like gardening, well, to be honest, I don't love gardening either, but I love the food, so I, I do it anyway. But if you don't like it, once you know how, you can set it aside and have confidence that you can do it if you need to do it and go back to buying your food from the store. But if you don't know how, then you're kind of stuffed if you have to. We have got... Uh, I would like to get this done, and we're working on a, on maybe finding a way to make this happen. Uh, some ideas to help you out if you're in an uh, HOA situation, homeowners association situation, where you have the uh, basically the, the neighborhood watch. You know, the little old lady. I call them the yard police. Yeah, the yard police. You've got the yard police going on. If you're in that situation, how you can still plant food in your yard. And you can't. There's all kinds of things you can do. Now, I am not an expert on this, so I'm trying to find you one. And 
because to me, if you're preparing for a stuff hits the fan scenario where you think you're going to need to be much more self-sufficient, part of self-sufficiency is your own food. And I don't personally want to hear about the whole, well, then somebody will just come and steal it thing because, you know, that's beside the point. Nobody can steal a, a plant that has never been grown. And you can never eat a plant that was never grown. Besides so, which, a lot of disasters come one household at a time. That's right. And if you find yourself financial. short on funds and you still want to feed your kids something nutritious and the stuff at the grocery store is too expensive for you, hey, this is a way you can get it done. That's right. And once you have, once you're set up and ready to roll, it's ridiculously cheap to do. That's right. Because you... Even, even if you buy the young plants instead of buying seed and starting your own for the plants you usually uh, plant that way, like tomatoes. I go to my local greenhouse and get four little tomato plants for a dollar. It might be, oh, three or four dollars where you live, but that will be, what, 25 pounds yeah, of summer, organic tomatoes? Yeah, summer's worth of organic tomatoes. You'll harvest for months on end and probably have some to store, too, for a couple dollars. And that's real serious nutrition that you can be feeding your family. And that's real serious value financially. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So, anyway, we'd like to encourage you to start thinking about getting your hands dirty, even if you've never done it before. Even if it's just in a pot. On your porch or something, you know, let's get the ball rolling. Let's get it started. Try it. You don't know how cool it is to watch something you grew turn into actual food until you've tried it, too. And there's something else to be said for for just walking out there and taking out the little old white bowl, you know, the gallon-sized bowl. You've seen me go out with that white bowl many a time. (laughs) Yes, she's. I've gone out with a white bowl. Yeah. And you come back in with it completely full of all different stuff. Although, okay, I always do one little digression. So here's my digression. Although normally it's a good thing, sometimes it can be heart wrenching. <laughs> um, I don't think she's, you're, you're probably not thinking of what I am, but. Back when she was in, yeah, yeah she yep. is. Okay, I'm thinking of the same thing. Back when she was in chemo, she had to, she had cancer, well, multiple times, but she had chemo. And back when she was in chemo, she was getting the full meal deal. And one of the things that she had problems with, as many chemo people do, is acid foods. Can really watch her intake of acid foods. Cause sores in the mouth. Yeah, and so basically, it meant. You know, staying away from oranges, staying away from tomatoes, things like And we had the single biggest bumper crop of tomatoes that we've ever My had. My first bumper crop of tomatoes. I, I mean, just getting they were the coming out of our ears. We planted them. What we did, we had an old fence line that we cleaned out. And we had a bunch of leftover tomato plants from our from our regular tomato bed. And we are just like, well, let's just put them in the fence line. I mean, if we grow, grow anything, it's bonus. And they went nuts. They went absolutely nuts. They grew up, grew up 
the old fence as a trellis, and they just went absolutely bonkers. We probably had 20 plants, and they were each just going mad. Tomatoes, I mean, we're talking about bringing in two, three, four gallons of tomatoes a day. And she couldn't eat any of them. Couldn't eat any of them. I'm not a huge tomato eater. I like tomato sauce and stuff like that. I'll eat them, but I'm not a huge tomato eater. I also did not have the time or energy to can them and yeah, preserve them. That just canning just did, wasn't going to work that year. Handling my full time job was all I could do at that point in life. We did have a lot of friends and though. picking tomatoes. <laughs> we had, may have had less friends by the end of the summer. As I, yeah, we were we actually friends were, were coming home and finding bags, bags of, tom- of tomatoes <laughs> on people's porches when they weren't there. Yeah, we, we kind of were tomato bombing people. I mean, not really throwing them, but, you know, they were getting tomatoes whether they wanted them or not. Anyway, we're going to call it a day, and we'll catch you next time.